Before we get to the podcast, I just wanted to let everyone know about Fight Game Media Network Plus. If you enjoy what you're about to listen to on the Fight Game Media Network, check out our Patreon at patreon.com front slash fight game media. We have three specific Patreon-only shows and will soon have monthly bonus content from the show you're listening to right now. And it's only five bucks a month. So if you want to support your favorite podcasts on the network, go to patreon.com front slash fight game media and you'll get more content than you can shake a stick at. Good luck scoring that one. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, literally a 50-50 style position where Miguel, like you talked about, was really hunting that submission, but eating shots. Glad I'm not a glad I'm not a judge on that one. Well, Bronstetter says 10-9 Williams. And Ryan Frederick says 10-9 Williams. I guess I'll shut up. I guess it's 10-9 Williams. I guess. Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch, the MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Not the Patreon, the network. As uh, for those of you who are listening for the first time, and hopefully there's a lot of you there, uh, thank you for finding us and for joining. And and if you did find us on your major plat- podcast platform, please make sure to subscribe and like the um, the the podcast and leave us a, leave us a five star review because that really helps out the show. And uh, and again, this is on the uh, on the free feed on the Fight Game Media Network. Uh, we've also, of course, got the Fight Game Media Network Plus, which is formerly known as the Fight Game Media Patreon, and that includes a number of shows: um, the uh, the Dynamite Show that that I co-host. Uh, it includes. Um, uh, Brace for Impact, the commercial free feed, uh, includes Observe This uh, with Garrett uh, and whoever he has as his co-host for that particular week, um, and uh, and a number of other shows, and and of course, and then of course the free feed uh, that that you are listening to includes. Um, the uh, the the um, commercialized version of um, Brace for Impact. Actually, you know, sorry, Brace for Impact has its own feed, and you should uh, subscribe to that and like that as well. Um, honestly, even if you're not, uh, even if you don't lo- watch Impact, which I know a lot of people don't, but the actual podcast covering it is is a lot of fun. Uh, Mike Gilbert and JD Oliva host that, and uh, that show's really taken off in the last year. I, I, I listen personally myself, and I don't even always watch Impact, but I always make sure to catch their show. And, and again, we've got that free version of that show in its own feed. Um, and that also, we have The Wrap, which is the, uh, the all W WWE show is included in that feed. We got Pound for Pound with Robert Silva and Carlos Toro, which is a great boxing podcast. Um, again, you know, I don't watch a lot of boxing, but but their show is tremendously entertaining and um, you get a lot of uh, knowledge on that show. Both those guys, Robert Silva is, is older than me actually, and, uh, has been, uh, following boxing since, you know, with his, with his dad and I believe his grandpa since, you know, since the seventies. And he's got a wealth of knowledge and Carlos Torres is just one of the most brilliant minds you'll, you'll find out there, especially as it relates to boxing. He's a young guy. Um, we've got high tension in that free feed. Um, write this down is um, actually in the Patreon feed, and that that's you know that's always been so. With the Patreon, you get 
all the shows that uh, you know that you that you've had before, and we've, we've even added some stuff. And then the free feed is pretty much all um, mostly new stuff, but we've moved some of the pay shows like ours into that free feed. So uh, if you're listening for the first time, like I said, uh, you know, tell a friend and hopefully you enjoy the show. We 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 pride ourselves on the quality, and as you would have just heard there. Um, you know, I mean, you've got, uh, noteworthy people, um, <laughs> the count, the hall of famer, Michael Bisping, um, actually, you know, throw some respect towards Ryan. Ryan Frederick was actually able to shut the count up because he said it, his words, not ours. And it was with, he wasn't mocking him. He said, you know what, if Ryan Frederick says this is the way it is, then I'm going to shut up right now. Ryan, I Damn near had a spit take when I heard that. Well, well, I mean, <laughs> you, Aaron, Aaron Bronstetter also put his score score between me, but I th- so I actually think Bisping was talking about both of us. But hey, he said after my name, so I'll take full credit for for it. And hopefully, hopefully, the more times he mentions my score is being good, the more people follow me on on Twitter, and the more people find this show and listen to it because we try to inform you, educate you, and entertain you all at once on this show. Absolutely. And, and we, we pride ourselves, you know, like on the, uh, you know, uncle Garrett, our, uh, our fearless leader has, uh, you know, he, he does his best to make sure that we, we provide, you know, quality audio. Um, you know, we, we've got, uh, I think we've got some of the best sounding mics out there and, um, you know, and, and all the people on this network, he, he makes sure that, that we're all doing good work. And, uh, you know, and, and again, you know, we, we're, we're trying to provide you with good quality and uh, in terms of the, you know, the actual audio quality, as well as the content of, of what we talk about. And Ryan's, Ryan's been covering UFC for well over a decade and, uh, you know, has been to credentialed for over, well over a hundred events. I have been credentialed <laughs> to his. It's like well over 200 by this point. Is well, how, which is also much, well over a hundred. Yeah, which concerns yeah. how much the UFC runs these days. <laughs> true yeah well and you would be more if you know i mean especially over the last like couple years i mean you know with with traveling you're not being able to travel i mean you were even still getting to events you know me i you know i've been credentialed to some events i've been watching for you know solid for about a decade um and and you know i I, kind of riding ryan's coattails but steering the ship in in a way and i i'm fully happy to you know to give out but you know even me like you know they uh, you know, they, they'll say, you know, we'll pat ourselves on the back every once in a while, you know, like, cause we get, you know, we get hate for it, but we also get a lot of respect, I think. And when they show our scores on the screen and, and they don't, you know, I'm thousands of people send in their scores and use that old hashtag for the UFC. And, and they always seem to use mine and Ryan's scores. Uh, you know, when I'm watching live, I don't always watch live. Ryan is watching live and covering every single show live. I don't know how you do it, man, but you do. And those, I can't remember the last show where, you know, they weren't using your scores. So, um, you know, kudos to you. And, uh, and, and again, you know, we're, we're providing this and now this show's free. We'll also do the occasional uh, bonus show, although Ryan may not be involved with all those, you know, cause he's pretty busy covering these shows sometimes, but we'll have, uh, we're going to add some post shows for some of the bigger UFC events. 
if we have interviews, um, we'll probably put those up on the Patreon. So you'll always have uh, in the clinch on the free feed and then, you know, any bonus content above and beyond what we do weekly, that'll go on the Patreon. So we'll, we'll always notify you of that. Um, and, and again, we've reduced, we've actually reduced the price of the Patreon five bucks. So, um, you know, it used to be seven ninety nine on the tier that our show was on, but now you're going to get the same con content and more for five bucks. Um, and, and then of course, you know, like this actual weekly show is free. So, um, you're going from seven ninety nine to free, but I do, we do appreciate the people that are going to continue to support the Patreon because again, we have this free feed to kind of steer people towards the Patreon and that helps keep this network going. So that's our plug. We, we try, won't do that every week, but, um, you know, we want to do it here and you'll notice that because it's a free feed, there'll, there'll be some commercials thrown in, um, you know, to, again, they help keep us going and, uh, it allows us to, uh, keep producing these con these podcast where we've got almost uh, a show a day on the free feed and then almost as many on the on the paid feed for five bucks so again thank you for supporting us for those of us those of you that have been supporting us since day one and now you're getting the show for free and if you keep uh, supporting the patreon man we really really appreciate it and uh, let us know what you think you know send us feedback on twitter i'm paul ace fontaine he's ryan j frederick um, you know, in the Facebook group, I'm sure you know about, if not, you know, find us on Facebook, um, fight game media network on Facebook. Um, and yeah, and then the Patreon is the fight game media network plus. So, uh, yeah, so that's all the plugs. Um, as, uh, as, as, uh, you just heard, uh, during the coverage of the, um, the pay the uh, UFC on the weekend as, uh, UFC on, on Vegas, UFC Vegas, uh whatever it was 42, 42 um 42 and then you've it was also UF, ufc on espn plus 56 55 as uh ryan 55 okay thank you um or uh, if you're josh nation it's uh ufc 269 um <laughs> i'm gonna give him a little bit of a hard hard uh hard time for that i, I listened to josh nation show on the f4w network and he was talking about he was looking forward to ufc 269 this coming weekend with max holloway and yara rodriguez and to be fair um that's a pay-per-view quality fight that we saw for free on espn plus and that's what we're going to talk about first um and that is that was a hell of a show and uh you um actually you know what before we talk about that I'm, I, I apologize. We will get into that. And again, it was, um, the third straight great show from UFC and, and, uh, you, you know, you and others have brought up the comment that it may be the best three fight, three, um, show series in, uh, UFC history, you know, in terms of like three straight weeks of just top quality cards. But, uh, before that, we want to actually look at 13 years ago today. And I'm going to say, um, UFC 91, uh, Randy Couture and Brock Lesnar, this show actually, in a way, kind of got me hooked um, into UFC. I've mentioned before that, you know, I kind of came up around the time of John Jones when he won the title and he was defending. And that's when I really started getting interesting and buying a lot of the shows. But I distinctly remember this Couture Lesnar watching this and being just hooked into the storyline of this show um you know uh randy couture had won the title actually i saw that fight the the one with tim sylvia 
Um, and that one too, for whatever reason, I wouldn't have normally bought a pay-per-view that didn't include Brock Lesnar or GSP. And I, for some reason, bought the Randy Couture Tim Sylvia fight. And I was so into the pro wrestling storyline of that you know the old guy the big monster you know and and him just continually taking him down and holding him there and getting the improbable win at you know whatever age he was at the time like in his 40s and then of course brock lesnar had gotten the the title shot um by beating heath herring and right i'm remembering that and then this was this was the fight for the interim title he beat he beat Heath Herring in his last in his previous fight, but yeah, I wouldn't say that got him the title shot. Is more his name got him the t- title shot well, in a way sure, to sure. in a way to but at least entice it, it, Couture it, back, you know, because that was during and the it time was where easy to just that it was, was easier to justify it. Yeah, that was the time when Randy was trying to get out of his contract as champion, though, to fight Fedor. Fedor, so they had to dangle the Lesnar carrot to get him to stop that, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and so, yeah, he won the, the UFC. I said it was interim. It was actually the actual heavyweight championship. It was Muir that won the, um, the, uh, interim title. And then that set up the, um, the, the, the match at UFC 100. But, um, this was, yeah, this was, uh, at the MGM grand garden in Las Vegas, uh, did over a million buys on pay-per-view. So it just cemented the fact that, you know, Brock Lesnar was like a mega, mega draw for UFC, but, you know, Randy Couture was, you know, a big part of that as well. Um, and, and really like, the rest of the show at the time, you know, the, the names on the show weren't huge, although we, you know, a lot of them would end up becoming huge. Kenny Florian in the co-main, uh, you know, beat Joe, big, uh, Joe daddy Stevenson. We had, um, Gabriel Gonzaga, uh, fighting on the show, Damian Maya, you know, what, probably one of the best fighters in UFC history that never won a title form, uh, future light, lightweight champion, Rafael Dos Anjos lost to Jeremy Stevens. Um, and Matt Brown, the immortal, uh, got a second round submission over Ryan Thomas would be the other notable fights, but this was really, you know, the Brock Lesnar, Randy Couture show and, uh, you know, Couture, I mean, it set up the, the biggest show in history, um, 13 years ago, November 15th, um, as we're recording, it was exactly 13 years ago to the day as you're listening, it was, you know, one day past 13 years. Um, Ryan, what did you have to say about this show? Well, first of all, I was there, I was there and I remember it being a really crazy night. Uh, there was only nine, nine fights, but all of them, except for one, ended in a finish. And it was just knockout after knockout, submission, bunch of crazy finishes. I remember Jeremy Stevens having just this brutal uppercut against Ra- of Rafael Dos Anjos early on on the card it just kind of got everybody you know hyped up and then i remember hearing like on hearing and reading later that that you know because of all the main card fights finishing up four of them four of the five finished in the first round and the only one that went past the first was couture and lesnar and it finished early in the second but they only this is during the time where the you know prelims were kind of you know didn't have all that many fights and they were also airing them like on the pay-per-view cards which they don't do anymore these days because they broadcast broadcast everything but uh but yeah they ended up 
up showing every fight on the pay-per-view broadcast, which is a rare thing, you know? So, but, uh, yeah, just yeah, a great yeah. show and great show. And like during, and I remember that during that week, like you kind of felt like everybody, nobody ever wanted to pick bet against Randy Couture, but everybody felt like, <laughs> yeah, Brock's going to win. And then this is the first time he walked out with inner Sandman as his music. And then went, once that hit, because that, the, you know, no matter who's used in the pro wrestling, that song just felt right for Brock Lesnar when it came to him fighting, fighting mixed martial arts. And when that music hit, you're like, Brock's going to kill Randy. And that pretty much is what <laughs> happened, what happened. And, but I mean, it was, yeah, it was a wild night. I've had so many wild nights, you know, out there in Las Vegas that it kind of, they all blend together. But I mean, that was a fun show to be at. I mentioned Couture's age. He was forty, just over forty-five at the time of this fight, and believe it or not, the the betting odds were it was almost a toss-up. Um, Brock Lesnar went into this fight as a, you know, basically a minus one thirty-five favorite uh, as the challenger. So you know, I'm sure a lot of people made a lot of money on that, as, as you say. You know, people, you know, by the time the actual fight started, everyone just kind of assumed it was Lesnar that was going to win. So I'd imagine Vegas took. It- Big loss on this fight. It, it, I mean, even even all that, it was still only Lesnar's fourth career fight. Fight, right? I mean, you're, you're against Randy Couture, a guy who's beat, who's beaten, who had beaten giants. You know, guys he wasn't supposed yeah. to beat. So you know, you had the you had that really good story story there. You know, could could Randy beat beat another un, seemingly unbeatable giant giant? And then you know, Lesnar just just you know they brought him in to hopefully win the UFC title, fast tracked him to it for a bunch of reasons and then of course you know he wins and pops off to be one of the biggest you know drawing cards in the history of the ufc yeah and again yeah set up uh you know the the show that was the biggest show in ufc history for the longest time uh ufc 100 um that would happen uh in july of the next year 2009 uh which of course you know like but this one here like a million buys at that time i think maybe it was maybe the third or fourth show in history that had done a million buys um ufc 91 so yeah it might um, yeah it was it was at least the second i don't know if there was yeah because i know liddell ortiz uh right yeah the 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 third their third one broke a million that was the first one first one and so maybe this maybe the second yeah off the top of my head, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. One, yeah, I don't know another one that did a million until, until then, and then they did three straight pay per views with all, all with a million yep. buys, starting with this one. <laughs> so that was yeah. So that yeah, because the next one was, um, yeah, uh, ninety two was uh, that big one, the the year end show in two thousand eight, and then they yeah they had the big show the following month, the Super Bowl weekend, right. Yeah, um, ninety three. Yeah. BJ Penn fight. Yeah, ninety four. Right. Yeah. Oh, huge fight. Yeah, huge, huge fight. So yeah, it was a great, great period to become a UFC fan. And again, like this was again probably a lot of people, you know, that weren't following right from the beginning. Probably this is right around the time that the, you picked it up, including me. So, uh, you know, and and then having all those fights end and and being able to show all the fights on the main card, as you, as you alluded to, um, I would think probably this this may be in terms of of, uh, we need like Mike Bond or something on here to tell us, but in terms of like fight time on a main UFC main card, like this may be the record because like you mentioned, you know, four first round finishes and then this one ended early in the second. So we had eight, nine, 11, 
what, 19 minutes of total fight time, maybe 20 minutes out of the five fights uh, on the main card. So I, I don't think I, I'm, I'd almost guarantee we've never seen that on a pay-per-view card aside from here. And, um, and then, yeah, so to be able to show the other four fights on a million by card, you know, the guys that got wins on that, you know, probably really propelled their career. Like, you know, Aaron Riley, Jeremy Stevens, Mark Boshik and Matt Brown, you know, kind of propelled. I think Mark Boshik ended up getting a title shot a, no. a little while after this, right? No, Against, no. no? No, I thought no, he, he did was, against Jose Aldo. No, I'm thinking of somebody else. Yeah, Hominick. Okay. But, but, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, Mark Hominick. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but, uh, you know, they they all, you know, got some notoriety, you know, coming out of this. Yeah, Jeremy Stevens, you know, he, at this point, he was still young in his career as a lightweight, ended up uh, moving down to featherweight. Aaron Riley didn't really do a ton after this. He, uh, I think he went up to welterweight. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, but, you know, he was, yeah, he went for a couple, five more years after that. So yeah. anyways, yeah. Here big, we are. Nice. Here we are 13 years later and you still have, and you still have Matt Brown, Jeremy Stevens, Rafael Dos Anjos fi- fighting, you know, and they've all, they've yeah. all, you know, they were on two of the first, you know, all three of them were in two of the first three fights. And now all of them have headlined, headline shows, you know, Dos Anjos has been champion. Yep. So, so, I mean, if you want to go back and relive like some of these, some of these young, you know, early fights in some of these guys' careers, this is a good show to go check out on UFC Fight Pass. Absolutely. Yeah. And even Damian Maya, you know, was still, um, you know, still fighting. Well, I think, yeah, like he fought his last fight in June. Um, and at this point he was, he was 10 and 0 in his, in his career and had picked up his four straight UFC win. Uh, you know, he'd ended up, ended up going all the way to a title shot against, uh, Anderson Silva. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, again, big fight. Thanks for bringing it up. I didn't even realize, um, you know, I, but, uh, you know, we're getting close to, you know, in a couple of years, we'll be hitting the 15th anniversary of some of these big shows. So we'll, we'll probably look at this one again in the future. Hey, combat sports fans. If you're a Facebook user, check out our Facebook group. There are daily discussions relating to pro wrestling, MMA and boxing. And to be honest, we can use more MMA and boxing fans. We have two rules and two rules only. No hate speech and no trolling. Thus, as you can imagine, it's one of the better places to talk combat sports on the internet. The link is in the show notes. And I also think that today, uh, I might be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure that this is the one year anniversary of, or this, I think this completes one year of this show. I think this is our 52nd um, in the clinch. So I might be wrong about that, but Carlos still numbers the shows when he, when he posts them. And, and we started at the same time as uh, pound for pound. So I think this is episode number 52 of in the clinch. So uh, happy anniversary partner. And hopefully we, we do a few more years of this. Um, oh, let's just keep it going. All right. You bet. Yeah. Hopefully I can stay awake for the rest of these shows. I, uh, yeah, and, and uh, I uh, kept my partner waiting a little bit longer than I usually do in this one, and I apologize for that. You guys won't know this is the difference, but I feel bad about it. But, yeah, uh, so we uh, you got anything else you want to say about that show before we uh, we look back at the one from this past weekend? No, nope, no, no, just, you know, okay. just, I would just remember just all the craziness all the craziness and how that yeah how that kicked off a huge stretch for the for the ufc which was really one of their it's kind of one of their building blocks to you know that led into Absolutely. their first what i call their first or it might have been actually their second peak second peak uh, you know yeah. as far as like a company 
Were you? Uh, you say you were there. Were you just there as a fan, or were you covering it? I was. I was there as a. Fa- I was there as a fan. I spent you know a good portion of my younger day, younger days, drunk gambling and going to fights <laughs> as a as a fan. It took me a little. Took me a little bit to mature. I didn't start getting credentialed till about 2010, but never since then. Since yeah. then, since then, I haven't paid for a ticket to a fight. You know, you know, in 12 years. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Which would be right around the time that I even started attending events. I think it was 2011 when, when I went to the, uh, Memorial day show. So about little two, two and a half years after this, um, when I went to see rampage and, uh, um, uh, Evans, Rashad rampage and Rashad, um, uh, Memorial day weekend, uh, UFC one sixteen. I want to say one fourteen. Uh, is that right? 114. Now it's close. Um, okay. But this past weekend, it was, uh, you know, for, as I mentioned the, earlier, UFC. And- real, real, real quick, for those first time listeners here on our free free feed, my brain is pretty <laughs> much like an encyclopedia, um, an encyclopedia, like on dates, events, fights. So, so you know, you'll occasionally hear me throw out just random, random shows, what, you know, random days and all that. So be prepared for it. If uh, and if you hear Ryan correct me about something, you can pretty much guarantee that it's correct. There, there's maybe been maybe what three times in the last year when, you know, you've thought I was wrong and turned out I was right, and probably you know a hundred times when it was the other way around, when you were right and I was wrong. Um, so yeah, and I'm used to that. But yeah, we got Max Holloway and Yard Rodriguez in the main event of this show, and and like I said earlier, it was um, it was it was a show a fight that you'd normally would see on on pay per view, you know, like you know maybe kicking off the show or you know like third from the top on a fight on a show with two title fights. But here we got we got to see Max Holloway and you know two top five you know top three really probably featherweights in the world fighting each other. Uh, Max Holloway was uh, you know he's he's trying to get back his title that he, a lot of people think he should have won uh when when he fought alexander volkanovsky the last time he lost a really razor close split decision and this was his second straight uh big win he had he seemed like he had a point to prove in this one where he was he had set the record i think uh for you know most fight most strikes landed in a in a featherweight fight or in his last fight. And here he, he wanted to do the same thing again, or, you know, fight the same pace and first round started and both guys were just going at an insane pace and yard Rodriguez actually won the first round. Uh, but, uh, Holloway was right there with him. Uh, they both landed just a ton of, of shots. I'm sure you've got the stats there, but then Max Holloway just kept up the pace and Yar Rodriguez couldn't, and he started doing damage and, and, uh, you know, like yard Rodriguez was just beat up by the end of this fight. And Max Holloway just kept going. And Max Holloway took a ton of damage too. in the post fight interview, like Holloway. I mean, he was like, his words were, you know, he's hard to understand all the time. He's got a bit of an accent being from Hawaii and stuff, but even here, I think he had taken a lot of damage and he, uh, but, but Yard Regas was, you know, he had guys, his cornermen were like propping him up. He couldn't even stand. Um, he'd taken so much damage. Um, and, but Holloway put him over, so, you know, like he took this fight. He didn't have to take this fight. Um, and Holloway, it was funny because Holloway earned a title shot with this, but he actually seemed to be more interested in big money fights. Um, he talked about Connor. He talked about Charles Oliveira, who's a lightweight champion who Holloway had beaten earlier in his career in his first, uh, 
main event actually, which is the first show I ever got credentialed to, um, believe it or not, in Saskatoon. Um, and, uh, you know, and he's of course fought Conor McGregor in the past, uh, you know, back what, eight years ago now, a little over eight years ago, uh, losing a decision to Conor, one of the only guys that didn't get finished by him early in Conor's UFC career. But he beat Charles Oliveira in the middle of his great run to the uh, featherweight title. And yeah, so I mean, I'm sure he's actually going to get the title shot next, but he seemed more concerned, you know, about getting some of these other big money fights as opposed to, you know, uh, getting a fight with uh, Volkanovski. But uh, sure, he, a lot of people are talking about this fight, even though it was on ESPN Plus. I think, I think it probably got a lot of uh, viewers. Um, and, and again, we, you know, this capped off a great card, just a great, great card. Um, if you miss this card, like you could go back and watch it and with all the finishes, on this show like you're probably going to get through the card in like an hour and a half um i uh i started watching late and then we had a big blizzard here in manitoba and i ended up i had to shovel for like two hours and i still finished the main event at the same time like i think i was maybe 20 minutes behind but when i when i actually watched it so um and i was just super super impressed um with, with max holloway um what do you think, Ryan? Okay, first before I give my give my thoughts on the fight, uh, I have a question. Um, mm-hmm. Was this the fight of the year? If yes, why? And if no, why? And then I'll answer that question. Okay, I'll say no in turn, and, uh, and the reason why is just because we just saw Chandler Gaethje last week, um, which was just incredible, but. Um, I mean, this was right there. And the fact that this is even a question just tells you how ridiculously blessed we've been over the last few weeks. Okay. So because that was one of the big debates after the show was whether or not this was better than Chandler or Chandler and Gaethje, Gaethje or even better than Burgos and Quarantilo from last week. I yeah. personally, you know, I've only watched the fight, fight once. I watched it live. I have it number two on my list. On my list, big key differences was this was five rounds, whereas Chandler and Gaethje was, you know, three rounds. I do think that if Chandler and Gaethje had gone five rounds, it probably would have been just as even more epic as it already was and pretty much, you know, much like this fight. And I also think the thing with the big thing that puts Chandler and Gaethje the Chandler Gaethje fight over the over the top was the crowd in Madison Square Garden. Garden, you know, I yes. think you know, you know, just their reactions. I mean, here Apex, they had a they had a you know, they had a full crowd for the Apex. Apex was just a couple hundred p pe- hundred people, and they were loud. And but you can you know you could hear more of the strike more of the strikes in this one. It's just. You know, atmosphere, atmosphere kind of makes fights of the year as, as well. So, but I mean, if you thought this was fight of the year, wouldn't argue against anyone, wouldn't argue against anyone for it. I do think Chandler Gaethje was just a touch better, but I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, pretty much a pick him, pick him. But as far as this fight goes, I mean, yeah, Rodriguez could barely stand, you know, foot, foot was swollen up like a balloon, balloon, really surprised in Holloway actually took a, you know, a gra- a little bit of a grappling kind of kind of game plan game plan a little bit of this. I have yeah. some I have a few stats stats here that I that I, you know, was was digging up digging up for, you know, that I digged up. Digged up. He had twenty four fights in the UFC coming in this in this one and he had only attempted seven takedowns in those 24 fights and had only gotten five. And in this fight he was three of five of takedowns. So he, you know, 
You know, he more than wow. doubled his, you know, he almost doubled his career takedown, you know, <laughs> completed and attempts in this, in this fight, in this fight, you know, which is, you know, something, you know, Max has been in a lot of wars on the feet. Maybe, maybe trying to mix in that grappling, you know, will help him, help him, you know, you know, maybe just take less damage on the feet, on the feet. But anyway, so uh, total significant strikes landed were 389, which was the third most wow. all time, all time, you know, combined, combined. And which is funny because Max Holloway has the top four spots on that list, you know, and, you know, when it comes to combined strikes. And another thing is, thing, thing is four of the top six in combined strikes landed have all happened this year, which just shows you just the insane amount of, amount of crazy fights we've had, had 2021 and three of them have happened in the last month. So just, you know, it's, Jeez. Just, it's, you know, it shows like we've had some really strong UFC action, action, you know, this year and in, and especially over the last, you know, a little bit of time, a little bit of time. And then the total strikes landed was third all time. Max Holloway has three of the top five there. So, so yeah, I mean, it was wow. your standard, it, you know, when you hear all that, you kind of think, well, it was your standard Max Holloway, Max Holloway fight, Holloway fight, you know, just a lot of just back and forth trading, but Yair kept up with them and actually, and for a guy who hadn't fought in two years, Yair looked fantastic and he definitely does not yeah. lose anything in losing this, losing this fight of just, you know, that everybody from Max to Dana White was just talking, talking about how impressed they were by Yair Rodriguez. And he did, he looked good. And I think, you know, I think if it was any, if he was finding anybody, but Max Hallway that night on Saturday, Saturday, he probably would have won, but I mean, Max is just super tough, and as for what's next for him, he's always on the short, he's always going to be on the short list to fight Conor McGregor because Conor Conor's interested in running that fight back again, back again. But he's he's not going to be Conor's, you know, next fight. I don't I don't think you know. I yeah. do think the only way they fight is if Max moves up to lightweight and eventually a titles involved involved uh you know i really do think he'll fight volkanovsky for a third time for a third time you know even though volkanovsky has two wins over over him you know i don't you know the second fight was super close could have gone either way either way but i mean i don't it's hard to say if it'll be any different because we just we saw volkanovsky who's in his last fight who's much better than he was in the two holloway fights and um i mean and also the weight cut starting to be harder and harder for max yeah maybe going up to 150 maybe going up to 155 is good for him but at the same time he needs to add size if he's going to go up to 155 full-time because him and his current frame is just going to get it with it when you factor in all the damage he's already taken in his career we're talking about 25 fights already in the ufc and he's been in you know you heard all the stats just now he's been in just wars wars i mean you know those guys at 155 hit hard and you know hit way harder than these featherweights and you know he's gonna need to have some size because i don't know that his chin and his durability will hold up hold up there hold up at 155 right now with this current current frame but uh, you know especially against the likes of a poirier a gaethje a chandler you know these guys who hit you know who hit hard so so but he's got a lot of options options next you know i personally would like to see the third volkanovsky fight 
Yeah, he's such a big featherweight. But like you said, if he moves up, all of a sudden now his biggest advantage that he has, I think, at featherweight all of a sudden isn't so much of an advantage at lightweight. Because if you're talking about trying to fight at the kind of pace that he does, but taking the kind of shots that he would take, you know, if, if you're going to be in there and taking the, you know, 25 minutes of punishment from Justin Gaethje, I mean, that's impossible. Um, I mean, yeah. For He'd him, have a I, I, I think. I don't Max would have a speed advantage over all those guys up there, but I mean, we we've seen him and Poirier fight fight at 145. Granted, it was Max's UFC debut and it was only his fifth career fight, but but it didn't end well for him there, you know. And just you know, mm-hmm. these guys at 155, we're talking about a murderer's row of of people. And we saw, you know, Max Holloway. He actually, you know, his big huge. Uh, Winning streak um, was. Oh, I mean, yeah, you know, like I, I, I totally blanked. I mean, even even when him and Poirier yeah. fought for that interim title, right? Title at one fifty five, yeah. he was he Poirier was just mass massive, you know, in that in that fight. Yeah, you know, just to, totally blanked on an absolute great fight. Great fight. I was like, after I said that, I was still like, they fought again. They fought again. I knew they fought again. Yeah, and just a, yeah, but, and it, and it was. It was clear, like the size difference, you yeah. know, um, was the big difference there. Yeah, he took and, a lot of uh, he took that, a lot of damage in that in that fight in that fight too. And Poirier, you know, to his credit, he lasted the five rounds, and Poirier just you know battered him a lot of it and took him down too, from what I remember. So, so yep. you know, yep. So yeah, that was great. And and again, it was. Um, you know, in terms of like going in, it was it was definitely a one match show. Like it was the only fight anybody was talking about. Um, you know, but again, you know, sometimes this happens, sometimes it doesn't. But we we got a lot of great action on the rest of this card. Um, the this was the only fight on the on the main card that didn't end uh, via KO. Um, and uh, uh, in the co-main event. We, you know, it's two heavyweights and both guys are, have a tendency sometimes to, um, to have kind of long plotting fights. Uh, but in this case, uh, Marcos Rogerio de Lima got a 30 second KO over Ben Rothwell standing KO. He, um, you know, Rothwell just took a ton of punishment in that 30 seconds and he was still standing and kind of, you know, protesting the decision a little bit, but it, but it was a good stoppage. Rogerio just swarmed him and, and, uh, and destroyed him and, and got a big, a bit of an upset win. Um, but big, big win for, uh, uh, Rogerio. Um, I, I, that I think was a little unexpected actually. Herb Dean, what the hell are you doing in this fight? In this fight, I mean, you know, he was oh. so inconsistent in stopping it. I mean, I mean, yeah. Ro- Rogerio had Rothwell finished on the feet, on the feet, and feet, and Herb like tapped Rogerio like you know, like he was stopping it, and Rogerio still was punching Rothwell, and Rothwell was like doing a takedown while you know just completely out of it on his on his feet, and it wasn't until yeah, Rothwell completed instinct. the takedown and. Herb's like, no, fight's over. <laughs> fight's over. Like, what are you doing, Herb? Like, he's been so inconsistent <laughs> lately with his stoppages. And, and you know, and the criticism of him is, justif- is justified because he's just indecisive. And, and you know, we've I've kind of noticed lately, you know, especially with these Nevada shows, you know, you know, you used to have these weekly Apex shows and Nevada and Herb Dean was, is always official, is always 
is typically has been an official on 90 percent of the shows i'll say i'll say that i'll say that but the majority of the time he'd been refing the main event but as you've noticed like on the last several cards yeah. like he hasn't been in the main event they've been putting jason herzog and, and uh you know mark goddard when mark, mark goddard has been yeah you know has been in town to town to do it i mean so i mean you know herb's indecisiveness and his craziness is not going unnoticed unnoticed I mean, I, you know, he's been doing this a really long time. I mean, you know, going back to UFC, you know, in the 40s, you know, you know, UFC 40 something or 50 something. I remember him referee, you know, refereeing way back then. He was, you know, he was the referee in the second Tito Shamrock fight at UFC 60, 61 that ended in controversy. It was just, you know, so he's been doing this a long time. And, you know, I don't know if his instincts have gotten worse or it's just, you know, or just doing it so much, he needs a break. Needs a break, but he's eventually going to get somebody seriously hurt, and it could have happened here, here. But I mean, just but Rosario, but taking all that, you know, it wasn't the finish I was expecting. You know, both these guys tend to have, be slow paced, plotting fighters, and it was an explosive finish. So it was it was a pretty impressive win by Rosario. Yeah, um, you know, I'm not sure. I, I don't think it really necessarily means anything in the grand scheme of things. But, um, you know, it's, it's better for him than losing, obviously. And Rothwell, you know, he's been around for a long time. He's kind of in that stage of his career, you know, win one, lose one. Um, you know, his second loss in his last five fights. He came off a big big win over Huggy Bear in, in May. Um, but, uh, yeah, took took a KO loss here. Uh, first time uh, he's been knocked out in, uh, God, it's been since Cain Velasquez uh, well over 10 years ago at UFC 104. So um, you don't see that, that every day, and that's probably one of the reasons why, you know, uh, people are picking Rothwell in this fight. I had him as one of my pigs, picks in the big payback, but I wasn't terribly confident of it. Um, just kind of thought, you know, I kind of like the odds and Rothwell's getting older and I tend to, I've been picking against him a lot lately just cause I just expect the age to finally catch up to him and it kind of did here, but, but nice win for Rogerio. Um, and we saw mauling in the, uh, the women's featherweight fight, Felicia Spencer and Leah Letson. Uh, she just completely destroyed, um, the poor Leah Letson, uh, featherweight fight, Felicia Spencer is one of the few um, actual featherweights in this division. Leah Letson is somebody that, you know, came off the Ultimate Fighter um, that season that Macy Chase on won, um, you know, where it was all a bunch of bantamweights fighting and, uh, you know, bumped up to featherweights so that we could get some challenges for Amanda Nunez. Then she won a split decision in her UFC debut and then just got destroyed here against Felicia Spencer. Yeah, not a ton to say here. You know, Felicia Spencer was expected to win, and she did. It was good that she got a finish as opposed to the decision that it looked like she was heading for. But let's and I, you know, we actually saw a corner stoppage uh, earlier in the fight. Um, and, and I kind of thought we might see it here, too, uh, after the second round. But they let her go out there, and she ended up getting beat with... Uh, you know, 35 seconds left in the fight. Uh, nice win for Felicia. Yeah. I mean, not much to this. It was three rounds of basically the same of Spencer 
pre- pressuring Letson against the fence and landing, you know, vicious elbows and knees. Knees. Spencer got a couple takedowns in the second, second, and then Letson actually got a takedown in the th- takedown in the third. Right, but, yeah. Spen- but Spencer ended up on top and just started pounding away, pounding away, you know, with elbows and punches and got the win. And you know, it's Felicia Spencer. Yeah, it's a good win for her, but. There's really nothing. I mean, you know, featherweight's non-existent in the UFC, so she's just she's got nobody left to fight. You know, I don't know what they do with her, do with her because yeah, there's. I mean, you know, the only person left to fight is if Aspen Ladd stays at 145. But even that, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen. But there's literally nobody else. And Dana White even even said after the show that that the featherweight division is only open as long as Amanda Nunez says it's open. So they have they really have no interest in you know keeping this going. They're not going to sign Kayla Harrison. So so it's just you know, oh really? It's you know it's just. It's you know kind of just you know what where do you go from here if you're Felicia Spencer because she's not going to fight Amanda Nunez again that's for sure. So she basically just won a number one contender for the uh, for the Bellator title. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She'll, yeah, she'll fight uh, beside where next tomato can. Yeah, maybe not. She probably could put up a better fight than uh, Sinead Kavanaugh. We'll we'll get into I mean, that a little she bit. She fought later. Cyborg once, and Cyborg couldn't finish her. So I mean, you know, she gave True. yeah she gave Cyborg a really competitive fight, even though Cyborg, you know, won every round every round. But you know, maybe they were. And she's back. been, you know, she's she's probably a better fighter now than she was then. So yeah. Um, another third round stoppage on on the main card was uh, Chaos Williams and Miguel Baeza. Um, a lot of people were picking Baeza on this. He, uh, we all three of us on the big payback picked him. Um, you know, I guess we we sold uh, poor Chaos a little bit short. Um, this was uh, this was a pretty competitive fight for the first two rounds. I thought um, you know Chaos was probably landing the harder shots, and Baeza was you know probably more active. But Chaos, um, you know, he, I think, I think it was it was one one after the the second round, if I'm remembering correctly. But Chaos uh, came out in the third round and uh, blitzed bits Baega, got him down with punches and and finished him a minute into the third round. Nice big win for for Chaos Williams here. Yeah, I mean, this was this was my second most anticipated fight on the card, and it was a really good fight. And of course, you know, I got the uh, shout out for Michael Bisping, you know, after the first round. Right. Yeah. First this round was because, the one. Yeah. Well, the the good thing was like you know they were even talking about it. You know, it's always nice when the commentators are kind of debating like you know how the round could have could have gone because the first was kind of interesting where Baeza you know was just spending most of it early just circling around and Williams was landing leg kicks leg kicks and then Baeza slipped to the mat on a you know after Williams landed a kick and then he was going for leg lock and knee bar knee bars you know for the rest of the first round and he had Williams in some dangerous dangerous spots but Williams at the same time was landing hard right hands yeah right hands from the uh you know from the top and I mean especially towards the end of the first i mean some of those right hands were were hard enough to put a lot of people out a lot of people out but you know baeza constantly spamming for that knee and coming close to getting you know the heel hook locked in locked in on a lot of people's minds you know that could maybe 
make it feel like a toss-up, but but you know, but you have to factor in you know how much damage Williams did from the top with those right hands, and and you know he won that first first round. You know all of us, all of us. I, I don't I can't say all of them because I don't remember, but obviously all three that they showed on the on the broadcast, you know, had them had it for Williams, and all three judges had the first round for Williams. Second round was a lot closer. Baeza was really doing a lot of damage to Williams's lead leg, and Williams, you know, at one point was having trouble standing, standing, and you know, Baeza won the second second. I mean, it was, it was third round was gonna gonna figure out you know was gonna decide the winner and Baeza you know landed a leg kick and then got hit with a massive right hand for Williams that put him out and great finish and Chaos Williams four and one in the UFC only lost to Michelle Pajaya and he's you know shown to be just a vicious knockout guy so so I'd like to see him against somebody like Daniel Rodriguez next I feel like that'd be a fun fight Absolutely. Yeah. And, and second straight loss for Baeza, who was, uh, you know, 10 and 0 before his last fight. And now he's 10 and 2. Um, yeah. And, and again, you know, I'm sure Chaos's corner probably, you know, they couldn't have been, you know, 100% positive that, that it was even tied because that first round was close. And uh, Baeza, I think, pretty clearly won the second. So, you know, he might have thought he was down two rounds and needed a finish. And we've seen stranger things uh, with some of these, you know, judged cards. So um, Chaos did what he needed to do in the third round and, and got the win. And yeah, uh, easily the biggest win in his career, I think. And uh, yeah, it's time for him to, you know, get a step up in competition and, uh, you know, see if he can make it to that next level. Um, and then kicking off the main card was it was another for me, you know, you talk about the chaos fight being the second most anticipated fight for me. It was this one, uh, Song Yudong and Julio Arce um, is so Yudong Song got a second round knockout a minute into the second round. So pretty similar to the chaos fight, uh, except in this one, I think, you know, Song pretty much was was winning you know i think he clearly won the first round and uh um and then you know finished him early in the second um i uh you know arce is a guy who you know has been around the re was around the regional scene for a long time built up you know had a lot of fans before he even got into ufc and always does has entertaining fights um but and song is a guy who maybe in terms of men you know uh one of probably China's best hopes to eventually get to a, you know, to a title shot or be a headliner. And here, you know, uh, he uh, did what he needs to do and got the win. Yeah. Uh, first round, first round of the fight was kind of, you know, almost like a feeling out process during a little, little bit. Yeah. The song, you know, landed, landed more volume and he was really working the leg kicks and the punches and Arce didn't do a whole lot of offense. But then the second round came and song, you know, had his timing down Landed a head kick that you know knocked knocked Arce down, punches on the ground ended it, and you know another impressive finish for for Song Yudong. I mean he's twenty three years old, so I mean my God, I mean you know that's crazy, <laughs> that's what... and he's you know top fifteen guy, big camp, you know impressive camp, you know team alpha male, and just I mean just every he's got all the makings of somebody who could fight for a title at Bantamweight. We've seen some impressive, impressive showings from, from him. He's only got, you know, he's only got one UFC loss loss. And that was to, to Kyler Phillips in a close fight, close fight earlier this year, but he's beaten Marlon Vera, beaten Casey Kenny. Would have, 
would have beat Cody Stamen, but, you know, he threw an illegal knee. So that, you know, cost them, you know, a win. You know, they ended in a draw. But, but yeah, he was, you know, just Even really, beat uh, Cheeto Vera, who who just yeah, had yeah. the win over yeah, Frank Yeager yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah, just just very impressive fighter. And, and you know, he's, you know, I'd like to see him against a top 10 guy. Top 10 guy or, you know, another fringe top 15 or, you know, you know, I know Marlon Vera wants that rematch because, you know, he he's kind of guy who wants to fight anybody who's beating him. I think, you know, maybe give Song Yudong, I think I suggested the winner of the Rafael Suntel, Ricky Simone fight that's coming up. You know, that'd be a good, yep. that'd be, you know, that'd be two ranked guys against each other. So, but yeah, yeah, really impressive fighter. Yeah, you had him against the O'Malley. Yeah, O'Malley Iba and Iba. Yeah, that's probably a bigger fight, yeah. right? That'd be a bigger fight right yeah. there. Right there. So. You know what this, you know who his career trajectory reminds me of? It just came to me as I was looking at his record. Um, Max Holloway. Yeah. yeah. He's, you know, it's, it's kind of similar. You know, he had a, you know, tough loss early, but, you know, mixed in with a bunch of wins. Kind of similar to, you know, Holloway losing to Connor. I called it for Kyler Phillips and he isn't Kyler, Connor McGregor. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, you never know. It could, yeah. could end up being Connor McGregor. Yeah. Max, although Max, he did lose his last fight. Yeah. Max had a lot of early losses in the UFC. He had the Poirier yeah. and then he lost to Dennis Bermudez and then to Connor. But after that Connor fight, it was just a whole nother stratosphere yeah. after that. After that you know that was you know it was really but when, you know when you kind of look back at it that was a really important fight for both men in their careers because their careers just both of them just took off after that fight you know he's 23 like you said and i mean he had his ufc debut in 2017 in november 2017 so he's had 10 fights in the last four years he was only 19 when he debuted yeah um you know and and now he's eight one and one in ufc i mean most guys aren't even even getting to the ufc at this point and he's already had 10 fights so um yeah i uh, sky's the limit for this dude and uh when when they start touring again internationally and and they're able to have a card in china like this guy's gonna be headlining and uh and good good for them because they're looking for that chinese native chinese star and now they've got another one here with uh you know they got Li Zhang, and and now they've got this guy so uh big big nice big win for him and uh, to kick off the uh the main card of what again was one of the best uh, main cards uh, of the year, uh, certainly, and, and really one of the best cards overall of the year after we just saw the last one, which may have been, I think it's in the conversation for best cards all time. It's definitely of the year uh, last week. And then we got this one, which, you know, for ESPN Plus, can't ask for much better than this. Um, so, uh, yeah, let, t- tell us what happened on these prelims. Okay, we're going to start for, you know, for those who listen, I'm going to do a quick, uh, who listen for the first time, I'm going to do a quick rundown of the prelims, starting with the opening fight. Opening fight, fight was light heavyweight, Bao Daun Jung against Kennedy and Chukwu. We both thought that this should have been much higher than the opening fight of the card, but, uh, but I mean, it, it got it off to a good start. They were standing in close, just trading, like, inside the pocket, both looking, both looking to land a big blow. And Jung landed a big right hand that stunned in Chuck Wu and got him next to the fence and just started unleashing elbows, you know, that, you know, knocked in Chuck Wu out three minutes, four seconds of the first round. I think Jung is like unbeaten in his last 15 fights. His only UFC blemish is a, is a draw with Sam Alvey. As crazy as that, that sounds considering Sam Alvey of recent years, but, but Jung is, you know, 
you know, a real contender at light heavyweight. And we thought Nichukwu was going to be a contender at light heavyweight, and this just knocks him down down a notch. But, uh, but yeah. And a uh, second fight of the night, uh, Rafael Alves submitted Mark DeCasey, who minute 48. You know, it was an early – Early groin strike, and then, and then to Casey, kind of, it kind of felt like he didn't fully recover from it. Not much happened. Then, then Alves land landed a you know a punch. I think it was. Let me yeah, try to remember. He landed a jab and then a jumping jumping kick, and then locked in a guillotine really quick, really quick. And to Casey tapped basically basically immediately. It was a great sequence to the finish. To the finish. Uh, third fight, Courtney Casey uh, scored a dis- unanimous decision over Liana Jajua. Just Casey, just all volume on the feet. Feet just, you know, Jajua could not get any offense going. She got, uh, Jajua got a couple of takedowns late in the first and the third, but Casey was super active off her back and won, you know, not enough to win for Jajua to win any rounds and just lots of volume. I mean, Casey looked good. Good and, and you know this was a must-win fight for her. So so yeah, that was a big win for her, for her to keep her UFC future go, going. Uh, featherweight fight: Sean Woodson finished Colin Anglin four minutes and thirty seconds. Woodson just looked big in there, you know, for you know, you know, lengthwise. I mean, I think he had like six inches on Anglin, Anglin, and really worked the legs. Legs and body kicks, and then started landing body shots, body shots, and then landed a left hook to the body that uh, I think it was a left hook or left or right. But anyway, he landed a shot to the body that dropped Anglin and finished him off with shots from the top. Top, very impressive win for Woodson. Uh, flyweight women's flyweight fight, one of the bigger fights on the card. Andrea Lee beat Cynthia Calvillo. Uh, you know, all on the feet. Lee was, you know, landing, you know, more punches, more kicks. Calvillo was landing some good shots, but she was just being outworked the entire time by by Lee and was getting beat up pretty badly at the end of the second round. Second round. Calvillo did take this fight on like three weeks' notice. It was coming back seven weeks after being finished in the first round by Jessica Andrade. So it's probably a really quick turnaround for her, and she probably wasn't fully recovered from that last fight. So at the end of the second round, her corner stopped the fight through in the towel which I'm a big fan of I think that needs to be happening more in MMA I think I think corner stoppages need to become a regular regular thing you know especially in fights that the fighter was clearly losing Calvillo was only going to win that fight if she finished Lee in the third round and she didn't you know she didn't look like she was you know gonna do that much less you know have any real success in the third so they got her out of there without taking any more damage she was crying and super emotional but you know that's just they the right call was made in that one and then closing out the prelims joel alvarez he did miss weight by a pound and a half second straight time he's missed weight and he looked massive in there against tiago moises and he used his size to to just land some hard punches and elbows and and it was a flurry of punches and elbows that finished moises in about three minutes moises was just clearly overmatched and alvarez looked like a you know definitely looked a weight class above moises in this fight and fight and you know he Alvarez looked good, looked good, moved to 19-2 in his career, but, you know, he, his future at lightweight is kind of in question because it's just too straight that he's missed weight. But if he could, if he can get his weight issues under check, he, he's, uh, he's got the potential to be a sneaky lightweight contender. So that's the prelims 
of UFC on yeah. ESPN plus 55. Fourth straight um, uh, finish for uh, Joel Alvarez. So it, it's too bad that he's had the weight issues because otherwise you'd be talking about that guy, um, you know, as, as one, like you said, as one of the guys that should be, you know, pretty close to moving into the top 15. Um, the, um, yeah, I, I too like the, um, the corner stoppage in the Lee Calvillo fight. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I thought maybe we should have got that in the Stetson um, or Letson uh, fight on the Spencer fight on the main card. Um, and yeah, Woodson, uh, looked really impressive against Colin Anglin. Uh, Anglin is a guy that, you know, like you said, he looked a lot smaller and it's too bad that he's given up that much weight because he's got a lot of skill and a lot of heart, but Woodson just, um, he's got a really unique fighting style and uh, I think he could get some popularity. He's, um, he's got some, he's got a likability about him uh, that you can't really, you can't create. Um, it's just, you know, some guys just have it natural charisma and, and he's got that. So I'm really interested to see what he does next. And, uh, this was a really, really nice win for him. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, and it was too bad that Kennedy and, and Jakubu lost, uh, you know, again, we always bring this up that he was one of the guys that we said was somebody to watch in 2021 and he's going for his third win of the year here and didn't, didn't quite get it, uh, getting finished in the first round by uh, another big, uh, Southeast Asian star in, in Da Eun Jung, who, uh, you know, he's he's undefeated in UFC now, uh, you know, 4-0-1 um, with the split decision draw to Sam Alvey, of all people. Uh, but n- nice big win for him. Uh, yeah, so really great card. Um, if you're keeping track, we, we had two finishes, or sorry, two decisions in 11 fights. Um, just the um, the Casey uh, Jajua on the prelims and uh, the main event, Holloway Rodriguez. Um, the uh, bonuses went to, uh, obviously, Holloway and Rodriguez for fight of the night, and then performance bonuses to Chaos Williams and uh, Andrea Lee. And yeah, and the other thing I'll say about Andrea Lee is I think this is the Andrea Lee that um, UFC was hoping they were getting she came in with a lot of hype uh coming out of lfa and invicta and uh you know she's kind of in the beginning of her career you know she was just a decision fighter then she had the three straight losses um and now this was her second straight uh win by finish so you know maybe you know a future flyweight contender which is what they again they were hoping for when they signed her so uh big 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 win here for her um anything else you want to say about this card before we uh move on no just if if you missed it uh find your replay on espn plus plus because you're going to be very entertained by this show and again if uh if you know you don't need to give yourself a lot of time for this one because uh you can like you can probably get this through the show in about 90 minutes um with with all the finishes and and you will not be disappointed um, and I, I alluded to this earlier in the show, but uh, there was uh, another fight this past week. Um, we talked about it a little bit last week. Um, it was uh, Chris Cyborg and Sinead Kavanaugh, who um, is, uh, you know, one of those straight blast gym fighters out of Ireland who uh, was not even close to being in Chris Cyborg's league. Um, Cyborg finished her 90 seconds into the first round. And Cyborg actually hasn't really been finishing a ton of people of late um but here she obviously got the win um and uh you know looked impressive but i mean you can't really well i shouldn't say she hasn't got a lot of finishes or four straight finish but she hasn't been fighting anybody really i mean leslie smith you know arlene blanco julia bud was was a big fight and she went all the way to the fourth round with her um but uh you know i mean she looked good uh 
did not belong in the ring with her. There's not much to say about this one. No, there's not. I mean, you know, and of course, like everybody's like, you know, cyborg. This is actually, you know, we're so used to seeing that cyborg finish opponents like quickly and early in the first round that that lately when she's been going to the second and third and later rounds against opponent opponents has been kind of like, you know, has she lost anything? Well, she didn't lose. If she's lost anything, she got it back. She had it back at least for the this fight. And of course, Sinead Kavanaugh, you know, no offense to her, but she really had no business being in there. You know, I've talked about it. I mean, she was three and four in her last seven fights coming coming this one. It's just a definition of of trying to get Cyborg an opponent. And I guess they didn't want to go with Kat Zingano right now. Right now, so you know, they went with probably the second best option that they had and you know it was you know just a, it seemed like a fight to keep cyborg busy and there's you know there's nobody currently on the roster that's going to beat her but there was somebody in attendance you know that's very interesting you know kayla harrison was there ringside scott coker talked about how he's wants to meet with harrison right away and i think we're gonna see kayla harrison sign with bellator and they're gonna go right away with cyborg and harrison and that will be the biggest fight they could put on and hopefully it would do something you know ratings wise you know it's you know if, if you know, if CBS is going to give him a show, which, you know, there was always talk of it when they first went back to Showtime, but that talk has kind of died. But if CBS somehow gives Bellator a show, that's the fight you put on the main event of that show for sure. But, yeah, yeah. but it looks like we're going to get Kayla Harrison and Bellator. I um, I think I favor Kayla in that fight. What, what about you? I, I definitely do favor Kayla in that fight. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, rest of the show was not much. Uh, probably the biggest uh, news coming out of it was Aaron Pico uh, getting his decision win over Justin Gonzalez at featherweight. He's probably, I think the featherweight title is vacant right now, right? Oh, no, no. Uh, AJ uh, Aaron, uh, what's his name? Yeah, AJ McKee. Yeah, but he's talking about moving to lightweight. I have a feeling that it will be vacant at some point and Pico's going to be fighting for it <laughs> um, because, you know, he, uh, this, this, you know, normally gets knockouts, but this was a decision win and, probably maybe his most complete performance he dominated gonzalez i think one of the rounds was a 10-8 uh, it's his fifth straight win uh after he had lost you know two two in a row and you know three of his first eight seven career fights uh he's finally starting to put it together he's i think he's gotten some good coaching and some better matchmaking gonzalez was undefeated going into this fight so you know he's a real fighter and and pico dominated him for the win um and then the only other you know notable thing i think on the main card was arlene blenko uh another featherweight so if they don't sign kayla uh you know obviously this fight was on there to get another challenger for cyborg but i i think you know there's some bigger things for her either either kayla or or kat zingano uh would probably be better to put in there rather than arlene blanco um yeah and not much else i think we saw a split decision by you know maybe the biggest star on the card outside of the main card and maybe even bigger star than a lot of people on the main card valerie Oreda. She, uh, i think she missed weight but she got a split decision win over uh, taylor turner who uh was a five and seven fighter coming in um notable uh that she had that uh, she got beat by Heather Hardy on the MSG card uh, a couple of years ago. 
but yeah, nothing much else there. That was on Showtime on a fight on a show that I don't think anybody watched. I didn't. I don't think it made the top one fifty. It broke um, on. It broke a hundred thousand viewers, which Strike Force or I said Strike Force, Bella Force, <laughs> uh, Bellator. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it, you know, it's you know, Caposa on Twitter calls a Bella Force a lot of times, but yeah, but, but you know. Bellator rarely breaks a hundred thousand viewers, viewers. So you know when they break a hundred thousand, they broke a hundred thousand for for a couple fights. It's weird how they do the ratings on Showtime. They break them up into into fight into segments or fights. And I actually, I actually think the co-main event may have outdrawn outdrawn the main event. If I read that read it correctly earlier, I don't know what times everything was going on because because I watched this later. You know, on a replay on a replay. You know, on the Showtime app. So I'm not really sure. You know, what times fight were going on. So I don't know what segments were. But I know some of them did over a hundred thousand viewers. So good for them. They aired it actually uh, later, so it because the the one that made the um, it was the um, the looks like the second from the top, like you said, and it aired at eleven twenty uh, Eastern, and that was uh, they got one hundred forty six thousand viewers for that fight. Yeah, I, I know Jed, the I know Jed, a, Good, or no, Jed, sorry, Jed Goodman on Twitter had had the numbers earlier from what I saw. Yeah, I've, I'm looking at it right now. Actually, no, I, I'm uh, I'm wrong about that. So it was actually the main. It looks like the main event that hit the one hundred forty six thousand viewers, and then the co-main was one hundred nineteen thousand. If I'm reading this right, oh no no no! You know what? Sorry, you're right. Main event did 105,000 viewers. The co-main did 146, and then the Pico fight was right in between that and did 119. So three of the four main card fights made the top, uh, made the top uh, 150, all right near the bottom. But you know what? That's better than Bellator usually does. So there's clearly a lot of interest, and that wasn't even live. Um, it aired live in um, from London, yeah. or no? Sorry, no. This was live. Sorry, this is in Florida. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. This is the last week's show that was from yeah. uh, from I'm, Russia. And I'm betting. I'm betting the actual cyborg fight while it lasted did better than that. They just that was the overall viewership for the for the total segment. So people probably tuned well, out. According tuned to, out according, the, according to this, it we're talking. Um, uh, do, 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 do. Oh yeah, no, sorry, it doesn't. I thought it had the. You're you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is because it, it goes from eleven oh seven. No, it's thirteen minutes. Um, or was one of the fights. So the main event was sixteen minutes. So that's yeah, total from the entrances till the till the you know probably the when they went off the air. So it's sixteen minutes. Did one hundred five thousand viewers. So yeah, you're probably right. The actual fight itself probably was maybe closer to like one hundred thirty thousand, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But still, like, still better uh, you know, than, better than they do. usually do. Yeah. Yeah. So there's clearly a lot of interest in Cyborg. And I think you're right. Like, Cyborg and Kayla will, will actually do some numbers for them if, if they manage to put that fight together. And CBS wouldn't be the worst place in the world to put that fight. And then, you know, get Pico on there, get AJ McKee on there, uh, maybe Pitbull. And, uh, you know, potentially, you know, make some noise. Uh, it's about the best chance they have, I think. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was Bellator. Now we've got USPN on, uh, ESPN plus 56 coming up this coming weekend. Uh, another ESPN plus card. Uh, it's the return of Misha Tate. This fight was supposed to happen a couple months ago. Um, was it COVID that yeah, it supposed take it COVID or was it happen on October 16th and Misha Tate got COVID. So it delayed, delayed it a little bit. 
Yeah. And and again, you know, I wouldn't quite say this is a one fight card because we do have Michael Chiesa in the co main. Main, main card's uh, really good. Still, the entire main card. Yeah, really he's strong. kind of. So. Yeah, I mean the one fight that I'm not. Okay, wait a minute. Oh, okay, I get it. I get it now. I'm looking and I see Joanne Wood, and so she changed her name because she married John Wood, right? Yeah. She dropped. Okay. She dropped okay. the Calder. Some... The Calder from. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm looking. I'm like Joanne Wood. Who the heck is that? And then I'm looking at the picture, and I'm like, no, that's Calderwood. Um, yeah, and yeah, to her and Talos Santos is is actually a sneaky big fight uh, in the flyweight division. Um, but yeah, Adrian Yanez and Davy Grant is a big fight at bantamweight. Uh, Ronnie Yaya and and Kyung Ho Kang, uh, Michael Chiesa and Sean Brady. Yeah, this is a really really nice card. This like this is a card that you could easily put on ESPN, uh, especially headlined by Misha Tate. Uh, but it's on ESPN plus. Um, and I don't know, you know what the, I, one thing I haven't mentioned and this is probably irrelevant to most people listening, but, um, the last couple EFC and ESPN plus cards have been not even airing on TSN in Canada. They've been on uh, fight pass. So, uh, you know, when I go to set my PVR, I can't find them. And then, and then I can never remember when the show start. And so it's for me, that's part of the reason why I'm not watching live. Cause I can never remember when these shows are on and where they are and stuff. So, um, and usually my good, uh, our friend, Aaron Bronstetter tweets that stuff out, but I haven't been seeing it lately. Maybe I'm just missing it, but, um, Misha Tate, she's, uh, you know, this fight's here for a reason. You know, if she gets a win, they're going to be wanting her to fight Amanda Nunez for the bantamweight title. Uh, that's why she's back. Uh, you know, she's got some fights that she has to finish out her contract on, but you know, she had a nice big win in her last fight. And, uh, Ketlin Vieira is, you know, somebody who's arguably, you know, would have probably gotten a title shot if she would have won her last fight, but um, she didn't. And now, you know, this is, it's a tough fight for Misha Tate, you know, coming, coming back. Um, you know, the last one was tough too against Marion Renault, but, uh, you know, she got the win in the third round and, uh, this is, um, this is here for a reason. It's headlining for a reason. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, they definitely want Misha to get back in the title, title contention. And, you know, I think she's, she's taking her baby step, her baby steps, you know, she's got her groove back against Marion Renault, a retiring fighter, and, you know, got up to eighth in the division. She's up, you know, now she's fighting the person ranked above her, you know, Kellen Vieira. Kellen Vieira was definitely on the way to the title shot. She started off 10 and 0, had, you know, wins over Sarah McMahon and Kat Singano and, you know, in her two fights to go 9 and 0 and 10 and 0. And then she's lost two of her last three, you know, lost to Irene Aldana, lost to Yana Kunitskaya and, and, uh, missed weight for her last fight too. And that, that doesn't do her any favors, but, uh, but, you know, could definitely get herself back in title contention against Misha. Misha, I do think Misha's better and, and and you know I you know and I think this is a fight that Misha will win will win and then after that who knows I mean you know Amanda Nunez you know she's fighting Juliana Pena and if you saw the video package you know for that fight on this last show you'll you would know that Juliana Pena is delusional and uh, <laughs> if you didn't already know Shocking. that you know. 
because Juliana Pena spent the entire video package saying that she's the worst stylistic matchup for that Amanda Nunez has ever had, which is complete, you know, an utter insanity to say because that, in truthfulness, that's Valentina Shevchenko. But uh, and, you know, and also that you know I'm Nunez's toughest fight. But I mean, Pena did lose two fights ago. You know, it's just getting a title shot based on circumstances. But uh. But anyway, but yeah, I mean, Misha and, and Nunez, I mean, you know, that that could be a big fight, but Misha's got to win this, and maybe she gets Nunez next. Maybe she has to fight once more, you know, rematch with Holly Holm, you know. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if she Which wins this one. be a big fight. If she wins this one, you know, you know, you know, that's good for her. And if she loses, then I really don't know what you do with her. So I think, you know, all the cards are – you know, all the you're putting all your chips all in on Misha Tate trying to win this fight. You know, there. If 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 Misha wins this, um, you know, a rematch with Holm that could headline an ESPN card, and Tate Nunez is probably one of the few women's fights that they could actually headline a pay per view with. I'm not sure they would, but I think they could, um, because uh, Misha's a big star and uh, yeah. a lot of a lot of people interested in her. And and um, you know, and for and for those who haven't heard heard me talk. Heard me, you know, go about Nunez. I mean, Amanda Nunez is the best fighter, best women's fighter of all time. It's just she's not a draw. And, you know, they, you know, that's why she's always, everybody's always like, you know, talking about, talking about, oh, there's so much disrespect shown to Amanda Nunez because she's always in co main events. She was going to be a co main event underneath Derek Luce and Cyril Gone. I go like, I go like, you know, it's not disrespect. It's just that when she's on top, you know, unfortunately, you know, it doesn't sell tickets and it doesn't draw pay-per-views and we've seen it. And, and that's a really, that's a really sad thing. And, you know, it's almost kind of indicative of the UFC viewer who will, you know, just they're little, I, I would think the UFC, your casual UFC viewer disrespects Amanda Nunez far more than the company does. The company doesn't disrespect her at all. They always talk about how, how she's the, she's the goat, you know? So, I mean, if anything, it's, it's the average UFC fan that disrespects Amanda Nunez, but yeah, yeah, Nunez and Tate. That's probably one of only two Nunez's fights that you know can headline a card. Card, so you know it's kind of important for the company for Misha Tate to win. If uh, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, check out the article that I wrote after her last fight on Fight Game Media. Just Google Paul Fontaine Misha Tate, and it's the first. Uh, first entry you'll see there and i i kind of like that article that i did um and uh you know it's pertinent coming into this fight um the co-main event uh michael chiesa um you know real real top level welterweight against sean brady who's coming in undefeated 14 and 0 this is a sneaky big fight and i think most of the time this would have been headlining um so it's it's pretty good that we've actually got two fights that are capable of headlining a card um coming uh you know on this espn plus show um you know brady's a guy who's kind of a little bit under the radar but he's he's won his first four fights in ufc finishes in the last two against jake matthews who's a really big name in his last fight so this is a big step up in competition for him though uh, against michael chiesa guy that's been wanting a fight with colby covington forever and honestly if he gets a finish here and gives sean brady his uh you know he he 
he had a loss in his last fight against Vincente Luque, but he uh, he really wants that Colby Covington fight, and someday we're going to see it, I think. But um, you know, he if he loses here, it's a risky fight for Kiesa because you know he's going in there against a guy that's unbeaten. So um, you don't usually see guys at Kiesa's level taking fights like this. So good, good for him. Yeah, well, Kiesa wanted to get back on that, back on you know the horse right away after after his last fight. He was you know on the cusp of a title shot, and then fought Vicente Luque in August, and was beating Luque early on, took him down, yeah. and then just caught himself caught you know caught in a submission submission Luque submitted him and and you know I was at the show and you know I Michael Chiesa you know he looked like the saddest man in the world because he knew like he had a chance to win that fight and he made a mistake and got himself caught and you know he wanted to get back in there and you know to get back in there you're gonna have to fight fight probably a guy on the you know on the bottom end of the top 15 which is Sean Brady big fight for Sean Brady he's 14 and 0 he's ranked 14 14th 14th i mean you you know it's talked about as a you know potential title contender and you know he could break into that title contender status early in his career with a win here win here i don't think a loss would hurt him all that much because because you know he's you know still young in his career career but he's got all the tool all the tools to be a title contender and you know it's going to be experience against you know just skill and i do think i i'm probably leaning more towards Kiesa in this fight just because of you know experience and high profile being you know being in those high profile fights Kiesa's headline cards so so but yeah this is going to be a really tough test for Kiesa and a really good opportunity for Brady it's kind of no lose for um, Sean Brady in in a way, because you know if he wins, it's a high profile win over over a guy that he's probably you know not expected to win and fifteen and zero in his career. And if he loses, hey, you know what? You lost to Michael Chiesa, so um, you know it's again. That's why I said kudos for Chiesa for taking this. But he, like you said, he wanted to get back on the horse and and get another win. Um, Ronnie Yaya and Kyung Ho Kang is a sneaky fun fight. Uh, probably will be, you know, most people's pick for fight of the night, I would think. Um, it should be explosive. Uh, Yaya, you know, we always see good fights from him, um, you know, and, and often finishes. Um, you know, he's won his last uh, four wins in UFC have come by finish. He had a couple uh, decisions in, mixed in there. One was a draw, one was a loss to Ricky Simone. So, you know, he's, he's a good fighter. And Kyung Ho Kang is... Uh, powerful powerful fighter he's had two straight split decision wins uh but um this will be explosive i think yeah it was was supposed to happen a few months ago covid kind of took this fight and delayed it but uh really interesting fight i think it's gonna be a a very good ground battle because we know ronnie aya just wants to go to the ground ground immediately and kyung ho kang is is a sneaky submission guy submission guy you know he's he's very good on the ground he's got 11 submission wins under his belt his belt so it's just i mean you know we could kind of see a little bit of a ground battle and you know a fun ground battle on top of that and Kang is a guy who's won six of his last seven fight seven fights so he's trying to get up in there he has a fight in almost two years two years but uh I don't think that's going to play much of a much of a difference there and yeah this one should be pretty fun to be honest yeah, and outside of the top two fights, um, maybe the biggest name on the card is John Calderwood, and uh, or sorry, Joanne Wood, and she's uh, fighting Tala Santos, who's 
you know, 18 and one flyweight. And, you know, she had a big win over Roxanne Modafferi just not even six weeks ago. And she's already getting back in there against, uh, you know, uh, you know, Joanne Wood. And this is, uh, you know, you don't really, we, I think we mentioned this after her last fight. If she, you know, this would be her fourth straight win. And that's going to get you a title shot in UFC uh, against Valentina Shevchenko. So, um, you know, uh, and, you know, Joanne has wanted a win, you know, She's wanted a title shot, you know, for the longest time, but she's lost three of her last five. So she's going to need to put together a few wins before you could even consider that. So, again, for her, um, she's got everything to lose in this fight. And Tala Santos is, you know, um, could be getting a title shot if she wins here. I mean, I don't know. I think JoJo actually probably wouldn't would get Valentina ne- next, you know, you think, even, eh? with, even with just one win, because because if, if she wins this. I mean, when you look at when you look at the rankings of that division, I mean, the only options were, you know, Calder, Calder, Calderwood, Wood, whatever we want to call her, and uh, Andrea Lee. <laughs> Andrea Lee. I mean, everybody else has been beaten by Valentina up there, and you know, it's just. But uh, yeah, I mean, big fight for both of them. Either either one of these could be fighting Valentina, Valentina next, you know, with with the win. So so this is probably as far as like, you know, title shot implications. I mean, I mean, it's you know, it's as important as Misha Tate fighting, and almost as important as Michael Chiesa fighting because you know Chiesa getting a win will put him right back in that top five mint top five mix. You, you know, so this you know, there's some fights on here with you know title aspiration you know things on the line yeah and you don't always see that on the on these espn plus cards so this is this is one to to watch um and then yeah the all the other main card fight adrian yanez and davy grant um grant's a real popular fighter um you know he had the loss in his last fight to cheeto vera which stopped a three-fight win streak um, he was one that had been talking about, you know, Hey, I'm going to be fighting in the main events on the main cards. And, you know, that last loss derailed him a bit, but he's getting right on there up against Adrian Yanez, who, you know, um, he's won three in a row in UFC four straight. If you count the, uh, contender series fight in 2020, and that's all been in the last year. So, um, you know, uh, again, you know, he's looking for his third win of 2021. Uh, nice, got, nice opener for the main card, story. I think. He's got a great background and great stories as well. But uh, as far as, like, when you look at exciting matchups, this might be the most exciting matchup on the card because it's just two guys who like to stand stand and throw down. And, you know, it, you know, somebody's probably getting finished finished in this one. And, you know, it might end up being the, being the fight of the night. But really high-quality matchup and, and you know, Adrian Yanez is look great. You know he's fourteen and three. He's got nine knockout wins. He's he's won you know seven in a row. You know, and you know he's had you know three UFC fights and three performance of the night bonuses. So so that should already tell you what kind of fighter fighter he is. And then Davy Grant is just is a guy who's just going to come forward and throw and and has that kill or be killed mentality mentality and you know his last two wins were knockouts and performance of the night bonuses so so yeah i mean if you're looking for an early contender for fight of the night you know or you know this is it right there 
Yeah, so that, that's the main card. Um, I didn't mention earlier, but this show starts at 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. So, you know, these start times are all over the place for these cards. But so I would assume the main card is probably 6 Eastern. Yep. Um, yeah, okay. So five fight main card. And then uh, tell us about these uh, seven prelim fights. All right, for a prelim card, uh, it's kind of... You know, not not much of one, not much of one. If we're going to be, you know, completely honest and transparent with you, it's a it's a <laughs> prelim fight of cards or a prelim card of fights. But there's some interesting matchups. Like okay, we'll get it started. Featured prelim featherweight fight: Pat Sabatini against Tucker Lutz. Both these guys have looked good. Sabatini has won four in a row. Lutz has won twelve in a row. You know, good featherweight prospects. So. So, you know, it's kind of a fight that was put together, put together when both of them lost their opponents on different shows, different shows. So, so, you know, that's, that's a really solid fight right there. Probably the best fight on the prelims. Uh, you got a lightweight fight, Rafa Garcia looking into his two fight losing skid against the debuting Nathan Levy, Levy, uh, you know, won on the contender series a year ago, year ago. And, you know, he's had a couple of fights fall through in that time frame so he's making his debut here beer here is one six in a row so so you know big you know big showcase for him making his debut we got a excuse me real quick <coughs> we got a strawweight fight luma look boon me against loopy godinez godinez is taking this fight on short notice it'll be her third fight in 43 days you know that's a Crazy. ufc that's a ufc record but uh you know solid solid strawweight fight there lightweight fight terrence bikini uh coming back after after you know an impressive ufc ufc debut knockout win of over matt frivola he's won four in a row he's fighting Perez Zihan, Zam, however you say the name, winner of two straight. Interesting trivia note that uh, Terrence McKinney, his high school, one of his high school wrestling, I think either coaches, assistant coaches, or what, or one of the, you know whatever you want to call it, was Michael Chiesa. So they're you know they're oh they're, you know this is the first you know now they're full circle where they're both fighting on the same UFC card. So that's kind of you know a little interesting tidbit. Uh, got a flyweight fight, Cody Durden against. Uh, Aori Kalang, however we want to say that. Aori Kalang is Sounds coming good. off. Yeah, yeah. Both of them are coming off losses. Uh, Aori Kalang was in a really fun flyweight fight against Jeff Molina at that Jacksonville show in April. April, but uh, both these guys, you know, looking for a win. Uh, we got a featherweight fight. Two guys coming off losses. We got Shalian Nuderbon. New, newer Don Bihake, however you say, you know, yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I tried, uh, it was John Soriano, uh, both these guys coming off losses, losses, and then opening fight, Luana Pinero, uh, you know, winner of seven straight, finding a short notice replaced with Sam Hughes, who has lost her first two UFC fights, is looking for a win. So there's your prelims. Um, Loopy, uh, that, that's the one that stood out for me. I mean, you know, like I said, we just saw our fight back to back weeks in October and she's right back out here a uh, month later, uh, fighting, uh, Loma Luke Bunmi, which is a tough one, but she's back in her regular weight class here. Um, she took the last fight on short notice, uh, moving up a weight class. Almost feels like, like, uh, Godinez just stays in Las Vegas at the performance Institute. Yeah. Every time, you know, matchmakers have a frustrated look on, look on their face she's she walks up and says hey what you know who can i replace 
So Yeah. I mean, she's only had eight career fights, so this will be her ninth career fight and three of them in, you know, six weeks. So that that's kind of cool. I had to look up because you said it was UFC record and Kamzat was the one that sprung to mind, but for him it was sixty looks like sixty five days yeah. for his three fights yeah, in twenty twenty. I, so. I, I looked this up beforehand, so <laughs> Yeah, I believe you. I believe you, but I had to check. Um, so you yeah, and, and Con, yeah, um, and yeah. Oh, geez, and Comdot, Comdot's fighting this weekend. Uh, a wrestling match against Jack Hermanson, Bulldog Fight Night. Um, but it's not an MMA fight. Um, yeah, so that is the uh, UFC on ESPN Plus fifty six. Um, again, three three p.m. Eastern on uh, on ESPN Plus, and no idea where 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 it's airing in Canada, but I'm sure it'll be somewhere. Um, yeah, I guess with college football and everything is why they keep moving this stuff around. But uh, big big card, especially the main card. So go out of your way to check that out. Six o'clock Eastern should be done by you know eight eight thirty um, Eastern. So you know you have plenty of time to watch the big college football game at night if that's what you're into. Uh, I don't think there's any big wrestling or anything else combat sports related this weekend. It's probably a big boxing fight that I don't know about, but check out Pound for Pound on the Fight Game Media Network and I'm sure Carlos and Robert will tell you all about that. That is uh that one drops tomorrow, so Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, uh next day after after we're done. So actually no, they're doing it late this week, so that'll be going up Thursday this week, I think, because they they just sent me a message about that. So yeah, that is the uh, that is the UFC this weekend, um, and uh, we have to talk about. And this was a big one that dropped just after you sent in your notes for the Wrestling Observer. Yeah, I mean, uh, for those first time listeners, we, this is where our fun segment of the week is. It's yeah. uh, called a "We Have to Talk About" segment. A lot of times, it highlights both the good and bad uh, that happened over the past week. Past week in mixed martial arts, usually highlighting a specific person, event. You know, you know. Sometimes we have some John Jones craziness, and you know, formerly some Tito Ortiz and Mike Perry craziness, craziness. But this week, our big we have to talk about moment is Jorge Masvidal having to pull out of the pull out of UFC 269 against Leon Edwards, which you know really hurts really hurts that card because I mean Masvidal was yeah I don't you know one of the two big draws on the card you know Edwards you know is nothing but Masvidal and Poirier were the two biggest stars on the car on the card so it hurts the hurts overall the card i mean card's still great still great but that was a big fight that everybody's been looking forward to for two years and and not only is it not happening you know you know in a month i mean it might not happen at all and then leon edwards is not going to be fighting on the on that show i know i know my co-host paul fontaine did a did a you know <laughs> did a video update update that day that day and i remember sending a message to be like hey you know I don't know that it's out, but Edwards isn't going to be on the card. But uh, because there's all sorts of guys calling out, calling out Leon Edwards for the show, Paul Muhammad, Kamzat Chimaev, Nick Diaz even even mentioned it. You know, mentioned wanting to fight. You know, Leon Edwards. But uh, yeah, Edwards is off the show. He's probably going to fight Kamaru Usman. You know, for Usman's next fight without having to do this fight, he had Edwards had it written into his bout agreement for this fight that he was going to get a title shot guaranteed with a win. And I mean, at that point, it's just like, 
okay, we need a next fight for Usman. You know, it's either Edwards or Vicente Luque, but Luque was a backup last week and missed weight, so they might just want him to Luque to fight somebody else now, now to prove that he can actually make weight, you know, when it matters, you know, again. So, you know, Edwards and Usman has been the way to go for, for, you know, a long time. And let's just, let's just cut the bullshit out and make that fight and get it over with is my opinion. Yeah, um, it it is. You know, it's it's rare when you know you lose a fight that's second from the top, and it really really hurts a card. Like in terms of like match quality, of course, you know, a lot of times when you lose a, you lose this fight, it's gonna hurt. But in terms of business, it doesn't always necessarily hurt. But in this case, it definitely did because. I would argue that Masvidal was probably the biggest draw on this card, um, even though you have the title fight in the main event, which is definitely a bigger fight um, and, and is going to do pretty well, you know, Poirier, Oliveira. But um, without Masvidal on this card, like this goes from being, you know, maybe a fight that's going to, a card that's going to do like, you know, maybe six, 700,000 to probably closer to like 350 or four, I would I, think. I don't, I don't um, know about that. You got a real underrated thing about this show. Show now is you, you have Dustin Poirier post two Connor wins that were the second, true, third true. biggest shows, shows of all time. There's no, you know, and Poirier, came off as such a massive star to to even the casual even casual fans casual fans yeah. know who D- Dustin Poirier is now I would I would argue honestly and based on based on Masvidal having lost lost two of his you know his last two fights and and you know some you know him kind of being his character kind of being a little bit more exposed exposed I would argue that that right now Dustin Poirier is probably a bigger star than Jorge Masvidal because of based on the two Connor fights. So, so, but yeah, but losing Masvidal Masvidal is, you know, still a big blow to the card. I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying and, and, you know, we'll see. Um, I just, and, and again, I think the circumstances are different, but I just, I always think back to like, you know, how big of a star, Personally, I thought Misha or Amanda Nunez was going to be after, you know, beating Holly Holm and Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey, and it just never happened. So, um, but again, that's Amanda Nunez and it's not Dustin Poirier. And uh, there's a lot of differences. Um, I also think a lot of people have sympathy for Dustin Poirier just because of how Connor yes. has been acting yep. for that. And I think that makes, yep. that also Absolutely. makes Poirier a much more sympathetic and likable dude because Connor yep. has just been acting crazy and Poirier's just basically brushed it off and, you know, and, and all that. And, and, you know, you know, both, both in the public eye and in the private eye, Dustin Poirier is one of the, one of the nicest people, in, in MMA, so I mean, it's time that he kind of got gets his due, and you know, so so you know. Well, we're gonna find out because there's nothing else on that card that's gonna be a draw now uh, outside of that main event. So I mean, the the co-main is definitely not <laughs> selling, you know, uh, you know, a hundred pay-per-views. I don't think. Um, yeah, so that is a tough blow to that UFC 269 card, but, uh, at least we still got the main event and, uh, neither one of those guys is going to pull out that that's, you can almost guarantee that. 
Um, so we got just a little bit of time left, but you got some uh, news you want to run down, um, the fight announcements and uh, the Ultimate Fighter is coming back. Yeah, uh, Ultimate Fighter uh, is going to be back next year, 2022, streaming on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, it's going to have... Uh, excuse me it's gonna have men's heavyweights and women's flyweights uh they're currently wow. taking you know uh applications and audition tapes uh no idea when it's gonna be filming no idea on the coaches but i would say a there's a strong possibility the coaches could be colby covington and Hori Mazadal. i mean that's Ooh. that's just that's just me guessing based on the fact that you yeah. know now with Masvidal being out being out both those guys you know that seems like a fight that's now going to be put together put together regardless of if they coach ultimate fighter or not but you know originally the last season which was coached by volkanovsky and ortega originally when it was supposed to be started filming in march uh covington and Masvidal were going to be the coaches but filming got delayed and then they did and then they went with the usman Masvidal rematch so you know they lost their original plan for coaches and i think they go back and revisit it and i think that's a good heated matchup to get people interested in watching ultimate fighter which needs the viewership so so you know you got any coaching Here, suggestions mute mute and t- and cough <coughs> sound like you need to cough so mute yeah. yourself there you go i did um okay good <laughs> sorry i could hear it in your voice yeah i know i i could i could feel it i was trying to get through yeah my my, my mind there yeah. Um, so I just, just a quick, uh, aside if for new listeners, um, you can check out a lot of this that we're talking about right now on Ryan's Monday morning MMA roundup column, which is a must read. If you're an MMA fan, uh, drops every Monday morning, uh, you know, after the weekend, um, Ryan's got everything you need to know about UFC for the past week and the upcoming week. And, you know, there's always some UFC history stuff in there. And, and again, all this new stuff that we're running through now. So, um, what, what are some of the big fights that, uh, have been announced in the last week. Okay, so a lot of them here. So and yeah, I'm just gonna run down some notable ones. Notable ones. Uh, UFC fight night on December fourth added Mickey Gall against Alex Morono. That's a solid welterweight fight there. Uh, UFC 269 had a few additions this week. Uh, Augusto Sakai and Taitu Ivasa. They were supposed to fight actually on the ESPN card coming up this weekend. ESPN Plus card coming up this weekend, but that was one of the. Uh, first fights that uh, that were we'll call visa issues i mean you know we all know about the overseas fighters needing to be vaccinated to get in the u.s i kind of think that was the cause of the delay but anyway that's on ufc 269 uh the aaron blanchfield miranda maverick fight we talked about last week is official and uh, andre muniz uh, against eric anders is also on that card uh ufc fight out on december 18th had had a few big fights added to it the last ufc card of the year yeah steven thompson against Bilal muhammad that's gonna be the co-main event that's a that's wow. a really, really good fight at welterweight you know between two top 10 guys top 10 guys you know and you know you know, that's going to set up the winner for an even bigger fight. Uh, you got Diego Fajaya against Matus Gamrot. Gamrot, you know, that's a that's a fun lightweight fight. And then you got Amanda Lemos against Angela Hill. You know, if, you know everybody likes Angela Hill. Hill so, uh, you know, that should be a good fight. Good for you. <laughs> I, I like Angela Hill. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, no, never mind. I'm thinking about somebody else. 
You're thinking about Sajari Eubanks. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. And then, Move on. And one, <laughs> one that got announced today, you know, that's not in my column. It'll be in there next week. But uh, March 12th, the UFC Fight Night main event is going to be Magomed Akalaev against Tiago Santos. Wow. Oh, that's a Paul Fontaine special, that one. So, yeah. So... All right, fight. and uh, Kyle Kyle Daukus and Julian Marquez, both guys are uh, we talk a lot about on the show. We like yes. both those guys. Yes. That's for fight night on February nineteenth, big middleweight fight. Yeah, um, yeah. Couple other couple other news notes of the news notes of the week. Two more I want to get into. Uh, John Jones's new sure. training camp is yes. essentially essentially the same training camp. He's just going to <laughs> to the Jackson affiliate in in Acoma. Basically, he's going to have the same coaches and training partners minus Mike Winklejohn because I think even Greg Jackson is still going to be involved. I'm not that's not confirmed. Okay. I don't know for sure, but but I'm sure like Brandon, you know his usual coaches, you know Brandon. And Gibson, you know, striking go coach and and uh, uh, is is he is he Martinez, you know, who was in Yair Rodriguez's corner, you know, he always coaches his wrestling. I think he'll be part of it, and he'll have the same training partners because and it's basically the same camp because everybody from the main Jackson camp goes out there constantly, constantly to work with you know the the coaching staff that's based there. You know Nick Urso and and Keith Jardine, I think, are the two big two big coaches at the at that gym and it's a jackson affiliate it's a greg jackson gym gym it's just not the main yeah. one and, you know it's 12 miles away from the main main one you know it's it's basically oh, hopefully he gets someone hopefully he gets someone else to drive him there yeah yeah hopefully uh and then you know and, and you know and kind of like big nevada news uh their executive director bob bennett is going to be retiring and uh oh and you know so he's you know and uh Je- it looks like jeff mullen who's a former ufc judge and who's very passionate and you know about mma you know it looks like he's going to be taking over you know the head of all combat sports so you know i don't know i don't know how much will change change in the state you know you know who know who knows but you know bob bennett's been in charge you know of nevada for a long time and there's been a, a lot of good and a lot of bad you know as he's been in charge and we'll see if you know anything changes in the state state i mean it took him forever to to get rid of this weed thing you know you know so you know we'll see what happens all right so big big uh, news week and and there's that and a bit more uh, including a whole Poop load of, uh, of fight announcements that you can check out in Ryan's column uh, on Uh And then we always wrap up the show with our big payback review, and uh, and then we give you uh, best bets for the upcoming week. Um, we're uh, yeah, so this hasn't been the best year in 2021 for these picks, uh, especially mine. Um, actually, you and Promise aren't doing too bad. Uh, we got Antonio the Promise Thomas that actually joins with us in the uh, written version of this um, of this segment on uh, Fikey Media. But uh, on on this one, we go over the results of the previous week and then we give you the best bets for the upcoming week. So this past week, uh, you and I both lost money. I was two, two or you were two and three. I was one and four. Uh, Promise won the week. Uh, he was three 
three and two and, and made like a $90 profit. So, um, but for this upcoming week, uh, there's, you know, there, there's a lot of good ones and I, I, it's your, you get to pick first. I have a feeling I know which, what you're going to go with. So I'm just looking quick. I don't know. I don't know that I think your feeling is probably wrong, but I'm going to go with Tucker Lutz at a plus 135 okay. underdog over past Sabatini. I think that's kind of a toss up fight and, uh, and uh you know with it being kind of a toss-up fight and let's being on a longer win streak i think him at plus 135 is great value so i'm going with tucker let's as my best bet this week sure i uh i actually uh assumed you were going to pick misha and i was going to pick misha but then i noticed that loma lukbun me is a plus one and 25 underdog and i really really like that that fight because she's she's a really good fighter that not a lot of people know about and loopy is a little loopy taking a third fight in 43 days so um i i i like uh, loma in that fight but i probably will pick misha uh on my uh fight one of as one of my five on the weekend along with michael chiesa who i'm shocked to see as a plus 135 underdog to sean brady so uh, but again that just shows you how tough an opponent uh, sean brady is that he's favored over a guy like mike chiesa so a lot of a lot of value i think on a lot of these uh picks on uh, Saturday. So check out our column on Friday uh, or early Saturday. Um, actually, I'm going to try to get this out Friday because it's an afternoon show. So hopefully I do. Um, but that'll be out this weekend anyways at Fight Game Media and we'll tweet it out. And then follow Ryan's coverage on WrestlingObserver.com as well as on Twitter and uh, and or just watch the UFC and you'll see his scores, I'm sure, uh, all throughout the night. And maybe Michael Bisping will put you over or maybe you can shut him up when he's talking about who he thinks went around and you go the other way. And then he says, Nope. Uh, if Ryan says that, uh, that, uh, you know, Misha Tate won that round, then I'm going to shut up now. So, uh, kudos to you. You shut up the count. I'll Uh, take credit. credit. Yeah. Hey, yeah, you deserve it. You deserve it. And you take enough flack. You deserve a little bit of credit sometimes. Um, yeah, so you've got that. Uh, so at Ryan J. Frederick on Twitter. Uh, so we're here every Monday on uh, Fight Game Media Network. And then I've got the Dynamite Show on Wednesdays on Fight Game Media Network Plus. I occasionally co-host The Wrap, which is on this very feed that you're listening to right now, which is a WWF or sorry, WWF, WWE-centric show. And we got the Survivor Series this weekend. So, um, you know, that's a big show for us here at Fight Game. And there's also going to be a, a survivor series watch along that you can do on youtube if you if you are a wrestling fan so check that out there'll be some some of the fight game media personalities i'm not sure if i'll be there i might pop in for a minute or two um and uh yeah and then i've also something else i wanted to plug i can't remember if i mentioned it last week but i will mention it now um a new thing i just started called cup of joe with grandpa des which is not affiliated at all with fight game media but it's on my grandpa des youtube channel i've got a lot of interesting guests i had uh promise thomas who's been on this show a couple weeks ago and then filthy tom lawler this past weekend just before uh, he fought on a new japan pay-per-view so it was nice enough to have him join me and i've got some really really interesting guests over the next couple of weeks, including authors, a movie director, um, some uh, TV personalities, and just some pals. So hopefully I'll get Ryan on at some point. And uh, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with that. So, so check it out. That's free on the uh, Grandpa Des YouTube channel, um, which you can find in your old Google search engine. Um, and, uh, so that's going to just about wrap it up. We don't usually go this long, but we had the, you know, we had the plug and we had that little bit of history, uh, which we do occasionally from time to time. We'll probably do a little bit more of this and, um, uh 
late December, early January when we get a nice month off of no UFC. So we got to fill some content. So we'll probably do some more history stuff. So uh, Ryan, as you always do, uh, take us home. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. If you're a first time listener of the show, now that it's free, you know, feel free to send both of us feed, feedback, you know, anything, you know, my, you know, you can always contact me on Twitter, Ryan J. Frederick. So, so yeah, feel free to send us any feedback, you know, you know, we'll do, we always try to do better, better every week, you know, you know, so, but anyway, uh, everybody hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great week. Enjoy the fights this week.